is to now also be in relationship with his family, the church. And if you're not in relationship with his family, the church, then John will tell us, one has to wonder whether you really understand what it means to receive Christ. Look what he says, John, 1 John 2. says, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For, they, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained where? With us. What's he saying? Look, we thought they were part of the family. We thought that they received Christ in their life. But obviously they didn't, because they didn't remain with us. If they would have remained with us, then it would have been proof to show that they, they've understood and received Christ into their life. Um, John's making it very clear that if you're not participating in the life of Christ's family, then you probably don't fully understand what it means to participate in Jesus Christ. So we're back to the question. Can you be a Christian without going to church? The answer would be, why would you want to be? I mean, it's part of the package. That if you're a Christian, that is, if you receive Christ into your life, then part of the package is being part of his family. It's just the way it is. Paul would use an analogy of the body, and he would say it uh, this way in Romans 12. In this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gives its meaning from the body and the whole, not the other way around. Notice what he said there? You see, if you're separate from the body, you can't understand your purpose in life. Because your purpose in life as a person is wrapped up in the whole understanding of God's family. So he says... The body we're talking about is God's body of chosen people, his church. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. See, when you get involved in, with Christ, you automatically get involved in his family. And it's because you're involved in the family of faith that you understand and can figure out what your gifts are, what your purpose in life is, and how it fits into God's overall plan and purpose for your life. Notice how he describes it. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body, but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? What's he saying? If I take my little finger and I chop that off and put it on the shelf over here, how great is the body of mine going to function without a little finger? Well, I'll get by, but will I be as effective as I could possibly be? Not at all. Something's missing. Right? Now the other question is, if I'm the little finger, what good am I without being attached to the rest of the body? Not very good at all. Paul wants you to understand that, well, okay, you can be a finger if you want to be, but if you want to really accomplish something in life, then you need to be connected to a hand. You may convince yourself you can be a Christian without being part of the church, but you're not going to be very effective. Because you can't understand your purpose and meaning and what God crafted you for if you're not connected to the body. St. Augustine would say it this way. He cannot have God for his father who does not have the church for his mother. 
So the question, can you be a Christian without going to church? Well, maybe, but why would you want to be? If you really want to be an effective, purposed person for Christ, then you need to be part of the body. It is a foreign concept in Scripture. It just doesn't exist in the Bible, where somebody has received Christ and then gone off on their own. Every time in the Scripture when somebody receives Christ in their life, they get connected with somebody else in the body of faith. It just doesn't exist in the Scripture any other way. It's just the way it is. Why is that? Because the body of Christ, the church, is a gift to us. We need it. We need the body of Christ the church for, for us to understand our purpose and what God crafted us for and to figure out how life can become everything God created it to be. The church helps us do that. Let me show you some ways how that happens. Ready? Number one, the church family proves your faith. The church family is that place where your faith is proven to everybody and to the world. John says in John 13, if you love each other, everyone will know that you are my disciple. How they know you are a disciple of Christ? Well, because you're exercising that love, right? Because you're caring for other people. Because you're connected to that family of the church that allows you the arena to be an active disciple of Jesus Christ. Look at it conversely. Think about it. Every Sunday morning that you decide to sleep in and not get up and come and be with a family of faith. What are you proclaiming to the world around you? Some would say, Jesus Christ is worth getting up for. But when you get up in the morning, on Sunday morning, and you say, look, I, I can't imagine being anywhere else. I can't imagine my life not being involved in the family of faith because Christ is such a powerful part of my life. i got to be there. Because that's where I experience the love of Christ. That you are proclaiming to everybody else who's still staying in their household that Jesus Christ is the most important thing in your life at that particular time and moment. You're making that incredible witness that says, that's where i got to be. It proves your faith. It proves your faith. Paul said to the Corinthians, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The church is an amazing thing. You think about it. Look how different we are. Just look around the room for a minute. You see anybody that looks just like you? No? I don't. I mean, imagine the collection just in this room alone of how different we are. How different we are in our thoughts, not, you know, our genders, our you know, economic status, all the kinds of differences that are out there in the world. How different we are, and yet when we're together, when we're together, it doesn't matter at all. How different we are. Because in Christ, we are one body. No matter how different and how plural we are, in Christ, we are one body. And everybody is loved and cared for equally. It doesn't matter. The church proves our faith regardless of our differences. Next one. The church family keeps you looking outward. You see, when you're involved in the church, it forces you to move out of your isolation. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, if one part of our body hurts, 
Who hurts? We all do, right? We hurt all over. If one part of our body is honored, the whole body will be happy. See, the body, Paul understands, of the church is so connected to each other. It forces us to always be aware of those outside of ourselves. It keeps us focused on what's going on in my brother or my sister's life. It keeps us caring for what's going on in my brother or sister's life. It keeps us thinking about more than just my problems. It keeps us focused in giving ourselves away to somebody else in whatever their situation is. And that even goes beyond the family of faith. I mean, think about what a unique thing the church is. How many times does it happen in the life of Christ Church and the church in general where you've got one member who lives here and next door to them is a neighbor who may not even know Christ. But something happens in that household. And so that neighbor gets on the phone and calls all the family of faith over here that they know in Christ Church and says, hey, my neighbor's here. He needs to get involved and help And that whole family of faith all of a sudden looks outwards and gets involved in this family that only one family knows. Have you seen that happen all over here? That is amazing, isn't it? That is absolutely amazing. The family of faith keeps focused outward. It keeps us conscious of those around us, not just in the family, but beyond the family. It keeps us looking beyond ourselves. First John 3 says, We know what love is, because Jesus gave his life for us, that we must do what? Give our lives for each other. See that? The church is a place that keeps us focused outwards. Another one. The gift of the church is, the church is a place, a family that keeps us strong. It's a place that keeps us strong. Anybody a National Geographic watcher? You ever watch those, those uh, National Geographic things where they follow the, the lions, you know, the pride of lions? Right? There's always the experience where they're, you know, they're on the hunt and they're sneaking up on, on the group of antelopes that are out there. Right? And when they're on the hunt, they're sneaking up on this big group of antelopes. Which antelope always turns out to be lunch? What? The one that wanders away, isn't it? It gets, gets isolated somehow. I mean, there's a whole group, right? And the lions are looking for one. They don't sit there and say, let's go for the one right in the middle. No, they watch, they wait, and they look for the one that wanders off in the group just enough. They isolate it. Lunch. True? Yeah, you bet. You see, that's the way it works for us, too. You see, the family of faith, we keep coming, we keep involved, we keep acting, it keeps us strong. First Peter tells us that, that the devil is like a prowling lion waiting to devour us. Isn't that a great image? You see, when you wander away from the family of faith, you become more at risk and susceptible to temptation. The family of faith, when we're regular, we're active, we're involved, we're caring, we're looking to other people, and involved in other people's lives, it keeps us strong. It exercises our spiritual muscles of praying for each other, encouraging each other, greeting each other, admonishing each other, teaching each other, forgiving each other, bearing one another's burdens. It keeps us strong in our spiritual life. The 
The church, the family of faith, also creates the opportunity for us to use our gifts. You have to know that every one of you, when you received Christ, every one of you was infused with the gifts God chose just for you. But you have to know this. When God chose those gifts, He chose those gifts with everybody else in mind. You got any families that do puzzles? You know how you have the puzzle on the, on the dining room table? Because you never use the dining room table, right? You got the puzzle on the dining room table? Sure. And, uh, you know, every family member works on it a little bit and they great. And you just keep putting the puzzle pieces together. When you finally get all those puzzle pieces together, what do you end up with? Oh, an incredible looking thing, right? An incredible looking. When you look at the whole picture, it looks incredible. But to get there, you have to take each individual piece and make sure it was fashioned and shaped just right to fit in a particular spot to create the whole. True? That's the way God looks at each one of you. See, God looks at you and he infuses you with all the gifts and all the talents and all the dreams and all the... He infuses you with everything you need to live this incredible life in Christ. But he does it conscious of the big picture of how you fit in relationship with the whole of the body of Christ. There's a, a Venus uh, commercial with Lucy and uh, Linus. Brother and sister, right? Lucy and Linus. And uh, Linus is watching TV. And uh, Lucy comes into the room and uh, encourages him to change the channel to watch something else. Linus, being a good brother, turns back to his sister and says, What makes you think that you can just walk into here and change the channel? I mean, what makes you think you can just come in here and take over? Lucy responds to her brother in a loving, caring fashion and says, These five fingers. Individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together into a single unit, they form a weapon of terrible, fierce power. Linus, being a good brother, says, What channel do you want? <laughs> Turning to his own hands, he looks at his fingers and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? You see, God looks at each one of us and says, okay, individually, they're incredible, wonderful, fantastic, but when they fit together, when they fit together, they become this incredible force for Jesus Christ. That's the way it works. God looks at you, infuses you with gifts and talents and purposes, in light of what God sees in the whole picture of his family, and he creates the opportunity within the family of faith for you to use those gifts as a powerful force for the gospel. You get it? Now here's the hitch. That means to use those gifts in all things. The church gives you the opportunity to be faithful in all things. For those of you that are new at Christ Church, uh, once a year in November, we pause and look at our stewardship, how we manage the gifts that God has given us, and how we manage our financial resources as a people, and we ask uh, members to make a commitment uh, to do that. So if you're visiting this morning or not yet a member of Christ Church, 
uh, you, you can turn off for a minute. Well, not really. You need to hear this anyway, but at least you don't have to respond. Um, in the uh, back there, when you came in this morning, you found a faith promise card on the uh, on the rack, the uh, fire rack there. And uh, it's a simple card. We ask folks to pray over their giving every year and to uh, be faithful in all things. So you'll see on the card on the front, it asks you to look at your financial stewardship and become a tither. Uh, and this is really important. It's being faithful in all things. Let me read to you from Malachi 3. Malachi 3 says, uh, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me because you ask, how are we robbing you? And tithes and offerings are under a curse your whole nation because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store them. What we encourage everybody to do is to pray over their stewardship and their financial resources and become a tiger. Because that's what God asks for. That's the challenge he puts before all of us. That's the faith that he requires of us, is to step up in all things. If I would put a, uh, a recipe for making pancakes up on the screen, and you'd, you'd make pancakes, uh, you'd have to have uh, one pancake mix, right? Uh, and uh, if I were making them, you just need water and you'd be done. But uh, if you really made it by scratch, you'd have to have a pancake mix and what, maybe some eggs. Do you have eggs in there? It's oil, probably have a little oil in there. And uh, then you have to have a griddle and some stuff to put on the griddle. Then you have to be able to plug it in and get electricity. And you need all those components in order to get pancakes. What happens if you don't have one of those elements involved in the mix of the pancakes? What do you end up with? Not pancakes, right? You have to understand, the same is true as you exercise your faith. You have to exercise your faith in all things. And if you ignore one thing, then your faith is in everything it can be. This is one part of exercising faith. And so we want to encourage you to pray over this, take it home with you. If you're ready to fill it out, great, put it in the offering today. If not, take it home with you. You notice uh, this year also we've made a provision here for a sacrificial gift. If you haven't uh, made a sacrificial commitment yet to our building fund, uh, a great new dream we've got going up the road, we invite you to do that. Uh, if you haven't, you can just check it off and say, yep, done that already, uh, doing that. But if you haven't, uh, you can make a commitment to our, our building fund to accomplish that uh, great dream up the road, and the dates are how long that, that lasts. It goes until... Uh, April 30th of 09. So you can make the uh, financial gift, the uh, sacrificial gift that way. That's not part of your tithe. That's a sacrifice gift. Okay? And then don't forget the battery card. And you know more how important this is. We just had one of our faithful members who thought about Christ's church, uh, even in his dying. And uh, his gift to us after his death is going to make all the difference in our future. And so if you look at the back of the card, think about what you can do not only now, but how faithful you can be uh, in years and generations to come by being faithful to the back of the cover, too. Okay? So uh, take that home with you and uh, look it over, pray over it. But I want you to understand that the church gives you the opportunity to be faithful in all things, including this. And it's important. If you go into the book of Acts and you look at the early church and the description of the early church in the book of Acts, 
You know what's one of the elements of their faith that's really blatantly, ultimately described? Is how they manage their money. It's right there from the very beginning. Because it's part of the exercise of our faith. So we want you to exercise your faith in all things. You go to 1 Corinthians 16. And it says, Now about the collection for the Lord, uh, the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, uh, saving it up, so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. Paul's saying, look, just make this part of your spiritual faith habit every week. You're going to do monthly, whatever. But make it part of your spiritual faith habit. That's why it's an exercise of the faith. And that's why God gives this responsibility to the church to exercise the stewardship of our gifts on a regular, faithful basis. And like every piece of the recipe, it's just as important as any other piece. You can see it in 2 Corinthians uh, 8, where Paul says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, speech, in knowledge, in complete uh, earnestness, and in love, we have... Uh, yeah, kindled in you. That's not like a recipe. But he's kind of listing a whole bunch of things, isn't he? Saying, okay, well, now, now you've done this. You've done it in faith. You've done it in speech. You've done it in knowledge. You're complete earnestness. And you've done it in love. And what does he now admit? See that you also excel in this grace of giving. See, he understands the recipe of the exercise of faith. And saying, the church gives the opportunity to exercise your faith in all things, including exercising your faith in the way you manage the resources God gives to you. And Paul reminds him in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, sparingly, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful you. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You just got to trust that God is going to provide you all that you need. It's that simple. It's the exercising of your faith in all things, trusting that God's promises are good in all things. Okay? So the church gives you the opportunity to exercise your faith in all things, including the way you respond to God and the financial resources He blesses you with. Last one. Finally, the church joins you to Christ's mission. The church joins you to Christ's mission. You ever heard the top ten things you'll ever hear in church? Here you go. Top ten things you'll never hear in church. Number ten. Hey, it's my turn to sit in the front pew. Looks like that's true. Number nine, uh, sign me up for nurse, nursery duty for the whole entire quarter. Don't hear that. Uh, you know, your pastor, I was so enthralled, I never noticed your sermon went over 35 minutes. Never hear that. Uh, number seven, uh, personally, I find visitation night much more enjoyable than golf. Won't hear that. Number six, hey, let's stand during the whole service. Number five, I volunteer to be the permanent teacher for the teenagers. You hear that? Uh, four, I love it when we sing hymns I've never heard before. 
Number three, could you please preach more about money? You ever hear that? Well, you don't hear. Number three, uh, or number two, pastor. This is my personal favorite, by the way. Pastor, we would love to send you to a workshop in the Bahamas. <laughs> I've never heard that. 26 years, I've never heard that. Uh, and number one, uh, number one thing you never hear in churches, since we're all here, let's start the service early. Especially in this service. I've never that here. What you're going to hear, though, is one of the most important things. You've got to understand this. The church is God's gift. And God is relying on the church. Because the church is responsible for the mission of Christ. And if we don't do it, it's not going to be done. Did you hear that? We are now responsible for the mission of Jesus Christ. We get grafted into Christ and into his family, and we also get grafted into that incredible opportunity of changing the face of the earth, and God's counting on us to do it. As much as he sent Christ to accomplish salvation for each one of us, he is sending us out there in the world to accomplish incredible things, to bring glory to his name, and if we don't do it, how's it going to get done? family of faith, the church is here because it allows us to join in the incredible opportunity of being Christ of the world. Paul says in Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has prepared incredible things for you to do for Jesus Christ. He has prepared incredible things for this congregation, Christ Church, to accomplish. And he's counting on us. He's counting on us to do that. And he's going to give us everything we need and all the resources to make that happen if we are just What's it take? Last thing. What it takes is 1 Corinthians 8. It says, And they went beyond our expectations. Having given themselves first of all to the Lord, they gave themselves by the will of God also to us. It starts where we begin when you just simply receive Christ as the Lord of your life. When you receive Christ, the family of faith is part of the package. And everything, the opportunity that comes with, comes with it is part of the opportunity that God gives you. You have to go to church to be a Christian? The answer is, why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you? When you can experience the incredible things that God has in store for you, Wow. Is God amazing? He really is the answer to all of our questions. I, I hope during this series that the questions you have in life have been answered. I know that probably some other questions have come up, some, some things that we just haven't addressed yet. We want to invite you to come to Christ Church and let us be part of your life. Let us explain even more deeply how God can make a difference in your life through Christ. If you've got some more questions or want to explore even deeper what life means and, and how God can work in your life. We hope you'll come here for worship at uh, 8.30 on Sunday morning or 10.30 on Sunday morning and let us just lead you even further into the great dream and life God has for you. We know there'll be more questions as life unfolds for you, but we're confident the answer is always going to be the same. The answer is always going to come back to the difference God can make in your life.
Come and join us whenever you can. Give us a call. Let us come over and meet with you. Whatever it takes, we want to make a difference for you. And let those questions you have become answers that can lead to new life. Hey, thanks for watching the series. There's more series for you to enjoy. Just give us a call. Come and worship. We'll let you share all of our material. Because we know God's got a great dream for you.